and we're back right here at Podcat Radio doing the Podcats Podcats. That's absolutely right, Veronica. Thank you so much. And we're coming in live with another Podcat Podcast. Podcat Podcat Podcat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcat Podcast, the premier podcast. The premier podcast. The premier podcast of the Podcast Podcat Network. <laughs> you still got it wrong. That's right. My name is Sam Brady. I'm one of your co-cats. I'm joined, as always, by Veronica. Hey, everyone. I'm the cool cat. (laughs) How's it going, Veronica? It's going okay. I'm pretty full from dinner. We had a lot of dinner. I ate too much dinner, I'll tell you that. Yeah, we had a nice Mexican food Mm -hmm. dinner. And when I get Mexican food, I'm like, what do I want? All of it? Okay. Yeah, they messed up your order and didn't give you, they gave you only two-thirds of what you ordered and it was too much. It was too much. <laughs> so your eyes were a lot bigger than your stomach. Yeah, today. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, it, it was tasty though, and I won't be hungry till tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You 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 like to have a big old meal and just sit on it for quite a while. Yeah, I digest for many many hours. Mm-hmm. It's probably the sign of a really terribly slow metabolism, to be honest. Mm. And what should I do? Supplements. <laughs> I'm gonna get all. I'm gonna get onto. Instagram right away and let the Kardashians tell me what Don't to they do. say, you know, for metabolism management, especially when it slows down, is many small meals? Okay, I could do that, <laughs> I guess. I, I do get, now that I'm of an age, uh, now that I'm in my 50s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Surprise, everyone. Surprise, Sam. <laughs> Kidding, I'm not in my 50s. But um, I do notice that, like, I'm so much less hungry all uh-huh. the time. And so just having a little, like, mm, I'll just have a little nibble-nabble. Hold on. Welcome back. Thanks. It was really, that was a moment I had. I had to sneeze twice. You're talking about in your 50s how you just eat a little bit of food. Yeah, and um, I'm full for a long time. Okay, great thought. I have a little, I'll have a little handful <laughs> of nuts, and I'm like... I'm good. <laughs> That's great. Have a Capri Sun and I'm full. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know the last time I had a Capri Sun. And you know what else I haven't had in a really, really long time? Nuts? <laughs> Actually, I had a bag of nuts the other day. Yeah, okay. Well, but um, no, it's Sprite because I haven't been obeying you, my thirst. You've been speaking about Sprite. You've had Sprite brain real bad. We went to we went to a deli down the street today. Yeah. And O'Brien's deli. O'Brien's deli. And on the way back there was a a big ad at a local gas station. It was just obey your thirst. Yeah. It took me right back to the 90s and I was like, have I been obeying my thirst? You're like, I need some Sprite. Yeah, I got to get some Sprite in this mouth. <laughs> I need it. I didn't have any. No, but, but now it's all I can think yeah, about. Yeah, thinking about nothing else. <laughs> yeah, O'Brien's is funny. There's this guy who's just, he's like this five foot seven, um, very nice, happy. He's to super nice guy. Be there, just a very personable. He wants to know everyone who gets in the diner, wants to know your order, wants to know your story, but like is screaming, mm-hmm. <laughs> is smiling, is thrilled you're there, and is like at 95 decibels. <laughs> It constantly in a, in a room that has no choice but to bounce everything. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lick of felt just, in that yeah. place. You, you ordered a Cuban, and you're like, I think I'll take the Cuban. He's like, yes, great choice, the Cuban. It's delicious. You're going to love it. 
I love how we're telling everyone how poorly we ate today in that I went and I had a Cuban and then I had Mexican food for dinner. Listen, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Well, I will say that we're renovating our kitchen and so yeah. all we're doing is really eating out right now. And uh-huh. la- this is like the last couple of days. Um, but I, I do, I feel sick <laughs> <laughs> from all of the food that we've had to eat out. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, I, my, I, I, and maybe this happened to, <clears throat> excuse me, I took a huge drink of water. Um, I think this happened to a lot of people in the pandemic and that they were ordering food a little bit more if you had the ability to do that, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I want to help support a local restaurant. So you'd order your food and take it out. Great. <clears throat> You do this thing. And then sometime during the pandemic, I was like, I'm fucking sick of all this food. And I'm fucking sick of cooking. And I'm fucking sick of everything. I just, I don't want anything. And the moment that it felt like, it's going to be okay. We're going to get over it. It's going to be fine. Then the Delta variant and like all of the bad people are like, I'm not getting a vaccine. And you can't tell whether I am vaccinated or not. So I'm still not wearing my mask. Oh, it's a violation of my HIPAA rights. Yeah, HIPAA yeah. rights. <laughs> um, so anyways, they made America worse. Uh-huh. And I didn't think it could get worse. Yeah. So, again, we're out. We're, we can't go out and eat anywhere. And I'm like, it's just more cleanup. I don't know. What am I saying here? I'm rambling and I'm just full. <laughs> I'm full. <laughs> you no choice but to eat. You're you're fatigued of the eat out culture. Yes. There's nothing else to do, and yeah. it's not it's it's the it was the COVID. Now it's the kitchen, which ha- it, it's not a, a remodel for for fun. <laughs> no, it had to be done. Yeah, yeah. We we've been in this. We house. were down to one burner. Real heads know. <laughs> we in this house for about a year. The oven that we purchased with this home <laughs> was. Oh my god. We haven't said this on podcast. It was an RV oven. Yeah. <laughs> we, Veronica found the instructions for it when you when it was ripped out of the things. Finally, it was this teeny tiny little thing, and you know it never worked. Constantly was like over Constantly. or under temperature, would short out. We later learned that it was the paneled wrong. Right? Was yeah. it like the break? It was, it was way over breakered. Yeah. So essentially, your oven is supposed to be on like maybe a forty or fifty watt. Is mm-hmm. this is all from the electrician, y'all? I don't fucking know. So 40, 50 watts, meaning that like, okay, something happens and like at, f- at 50 watts, it's if it's sending too much power, drawing too much power, the breaker flips and it's like, oh, okay, something, something bad is happening. Well, if your oven is going on to a 60 watt amperage or whatever, which is what ours was on for a tiny RV oven. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he was just like, yeah, that that could have been real dangerous because your oven just could have been on fire <laughs> and your breaker still would not have tripped because they would have been like, mm, I think everything's fine over there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we, we got to move down. It was impossible to make anything at the yeah. house, which also contributed to us e- eating oh more than we would have liked God. to because yeah. we were so excited to, to make things here. We moved into the home from the apartment and then kind of couldn't because the government was constantly on the fritz and i say like you, you think oh less burner space it's not that like the burners were crazy inconsistent and it would yeah. ruin food and like you'd have it be working fine and then 
then you'd, you'd lift up the burner or, like, see the food and notice something's wrong and realize that it's gone out this whole yeah. time. And then, like, everything you've cooked has just been ruined or, you know, it's going to take more time or is, is, it was going to be worse because it's all this it's yes, time. Yes, it was so horrible. Yeah, so it was it was quite a journey. And that's even the burners. The inside of the oven was always on the fritz and, and so, burning things or messing them up, too. And and that, that was just the oven. And so the oven, because it was so small, and we didn't realize this when we were buying this house, right? Like, you don't really think much about that because it was the first time I had ever had um, an oven in range that was, like, built a drop-in is what it's called a drop into the counter so we didn't realize it was like much smaller you couldn't even fit like a normal size cookie sheet in there you had to use the smallest cookie sheet to get in there mm -hmm. uh, but in any event um <laughs> we fucking learned but the reason that just replacing this range has caused this entire kitchen remodel is because all of our cabinets were custom built yeah. around this drop-in yeah. oven, mm -hmm. meaning that it was only 24 inches wide. And this is original stuff in the house, right? Yeah, so from, this is from the 70s. The 70s. Mm -hmm. so, um, <laughs> so it's 24 fucking inches wide. And if you've ever bought a range in the United States, um, they're all like 30 inches wide. <laughs> Meaning we had to rip out the cabinets and the granite countertops, which I didn't like our granite counters. I thought they were ugly. Mm -hmm. uh, but in any event, um, it's just all the stuff. And once we ripped out all of that, well, we had to get, you know, we couldn't just do half of the kitchen. So it's just been this whole fucking thing just so we can have an oven. Mm-hmm. That we could actually reliably so could stop use. eating O'Brien's Deli oh, and Mexican yeah, food every day. Exactly. <laughs> which we love. But we love, but, but we're we, done. We also just want to make some chicken at home. <laughs> or <know>. like <laughs> the other day I was like, I would really just like to make one grilled cheese sandwich, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's been like such a str oh, and our sink was improperly installed yeah. too. Sink which oh my god, like that was a real our house was unoccupied for a whole year beforehand. Uh -huh. So it was really impossible for the inspector to see like all of the stuff that could go wrong as far as water damage goes, yeah. right? Um, but they had, you know, granite we, countertop sinks. We kind of ran the table and got a steal with yeah. forcing a ton of repairs, which yeah. was very nice. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah. Well, anyways, the sink is a drop-in sink, or not a drop-in sink. It's an undermount sink that no one actually caulked yeah. underneath it. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you got the sink too full, because it was only, like, stabilized by a couple of wires which were not really they weren't like stuck into anything that were was actually like stable like the wood was kind of rotten underneath so you could actually fill the um the sink and it would kind of bow a little bit and so you could run the risk of slopping water from the undermount of the sink down into these old old fucking cabinets it uh -huh. was just so bad but i knew that that was kind of going on so i was just really careful and i would go in and i would caulk every now and then and just make sure nothing was going through but it was just so fucking frustrating yeah that's all like you could just caulk it because you would caulk it yeah but then, like the way it's mounted you'd, water would still slosh exactly uh -huh. it would get too heavy and then it would yeah. break that so mm -hmm. it was just very frustrating um so we're getting rid of that our dishwasher would always like overflow because they didn't think to put um, a wooden crossbeam on top where you would normally like screw in 
a dishwasher so that it doesn't tip over. Yeah. And so it would kind of like get unbalanced. That's right. There's no crossbeam to, yeah. wipe, to drill it into. Yeah. So <laughs> they tried to church up this really shitty original cabinetry with some granite countertops uh, and then they couldn't secure anything to it because they didn't know how to right. drill into the cab into the counter so it's just so shitty but you know of all the appraisals that have happened over the house the kitchen is what's holding it back <laughs> from being appraised at par with the houses around it yeah and the kitchen like uh, you know made huge strides so th th there's quite a bit of upside yeah. to doing this as far as equity in the home and the ability to and the sell the house someday and quality of life in the yeah. house. And the fact that I can do all of it. So that's been yeah, really nice you're, not you're to have to. so handy. This is not a kitchen remodel that Veronica is like overseeing and in charge of supervising. She's doing all this. Yeah. You physically ex like removed all the cabinets, de demoed it, mm -hmm. um, got everything in. So it's been, it's been really great. Yeah. And it's stuff that I really like to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I really wish that I had thought to film more of it, but I feel like I am also kind of like my grandpa in a lot of a lot of ways because um, I'll get started on this project and I'm like, oh, I don't fucking care. I just want to get it done. Mm. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, sometimes it'll be like 7.30 in the morning and I'm down there just like with the Sawzall or whatever <laughs> doing shit. Yeah. And, you know, that's nice. I like it. For sure. Did I say 7.30 in the morning? I did not mean that. I meant 7.30 in the evening. <laughs> 7.30 in the morning you know, is dead to me now. Early morning sawzall. No. No. I'm not that person. So summer's been a construction summer for you. Yep. What about you, Sam? What have you been up to? Well, today was my last day at work for my summer internship. Which is why we celebrated with Mexican food, actually. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that was the occasion. So that was, that was exciting. It was a really neat experience, so it was very fun, and I'm, and I'm getting very excited for the school year ahead. I'm a mm -hmm. huge nerd for all this crap, so I tell Veronica an embarrassing amount of times about how excited I am for... Evidence. Evidence. Yeah. Evidence is the big one <laughs> that I'm most excited about. Yeah. I love all the lawyerly classes. I don't know, especially if I don't know them. I do not know what I'm going to be learning in this class very much. I've scanned over some upperclassmen outlines... Mm -hmm. I did not want to do that before. I think it's generally good advice. I was told this. Everything you need to succeed in law school, you get in law school. And that's good. You you really need to not try to be fancy and read outside of what is assigned or do anything like that. You Get prepared in your way. Right. Because you are trying to be a mirror to reflect back what the course is, is, is teaching you. You're, you're trying yeah. to, to shine back the, the professor's ideas in their own words. Uh, and if you want to improve upon that, do that later in life at your own risk. <laughs> but not here, right? Yeah. So there's risk, too, if you think that you want to explore the universe of, let's just say, torts, for example. If you're waiting around the universe... Torts of, is um, a class that you take in your first semester uh -huh. of law school. A big doctrinal subject that's very intimidating, mm -hmm. but it teaches a lot of thinking about right. law. Uh, so if, if you decide that you want to learn the universe of torts, and you're just mirroring around that... You're going to be learning all kinds of concepts that are going to distract you from being the best mirror to the reflecting back the concepts of your classroom's torts mm -hmm. that you that you can, and that'll distract you from um, important concepts that you're learning, like writing to your audience. In this case, an audience of one, or knowing that audience and you're writing persuasively in that context. So right, all kinds of other right. skills that are also very important. Um, oh, shoot, I'm just distracting myself a little bit. <laughs> so you were you were on the track of you've looked at the evidence. Oh, kind yeah. Of so I kind of didn't look at anything before it going hand, and that was nice to a point. But also there was a little bit of outside knowledge, like just a tiny bit of baseline of 
nothing but vocabulary and just knowing, um, I think, a survey of the universe of the subject at a very broad, I'm talking 50,000 foot view, mm -hmm. would have been helpful in some subjects. And I think it cost me some grief in um, last year. Yeah. So I think I'm I'm just very 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 briefly thumbing through some um, uh, upperclassmen's um, outlines of the subjects. I'm not going to do any of course no outside research outside of that, but I haven't quite had a chance to do that yet. But I'm very excited to do that for stuff like evidence and stuff, especially these big lawyerly subjects. So that's great. Really excited. And you made that. a journal, so you're very excited about that. I made a journal. I'm going to be a staff writer on the Journal of Law and Policy, so I'm very excited. That would be great. There's a lot of great, great legal writers and thinkers that have been working on this journal that I look up to quite a bit, so yeah. I can't wait to get to work with them closer. So I'm excited for you. And then, of course, you are um, stepping into some leadership roles with different clubs and associations on campus as well. So that's really great. Yeah, many, many, many of those. Uh, I'm <laughs> part of the smallest ever class of lawyers, or legal students, excuse me, at, at Wake Law, um, Usually it's like around 200 students. Our class is like 88 students. Yeah, <laughs> so very real, small. real small class. So it's a lot of opportunities to uh, serve in leadership roles and a lot of these student organizations that I care about. And I'm seizing that because I think it's great, and uh, I care a lot about these these groups' missions. So yeah, little be... baby, little baby COVID class. So. Yeah, uh -huh. of course I'm not just doing this with in, in my class. I get to connect to the classes above and below yeah. me. Yeah, and I'm really excited to get those huge class underneath me and th this. These groups, the reason I'm so excited for them is they allow me to connect meaningfully with the class below me and with people who are who are interested and passionate about the same things that I am. So uh, um, I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah, so very excited about school. So that's been our summer in a nutshell. We went to um, Universal Studios in Orlando, so that was fun. Uh, we took the kids there in early June, went to Florida for a little bit, hung out with my grandparents, and... I mostly went to the pool. That was all I cared about. And, um, yeah. So, 14-year-old me and the me that's existing before us now, we're the same. Mm. All we wanted to do was go to the pool and lounge. Yeah. And that's what I like to do. Yeah. Were you... So, you and I have not had a lot of um, water mm. time together. Were you shocked by how much I was just like, hey... It's uh, 5 o'clock. Do you want to go to the pool? It's nope. 9 o'clock. Do you want to go to the pool? I don't think so. <laughs> One version of me that you never got to meet so much would have been like pre-migraine having Sam. Oh, yeah. At like an amusement park. Or mm. I would have been such a thrill junkie. I mean, I just would have been on every ride again and again and again as much as I can. And I, I was a kid who was stuffing my shoes to get on roller coasters mm -hmm. for the moment I could. And my, my uh, I had a lot of family that was very indulgent in going to big music parks and stuff like that, yeah. too. But I was a, uh, wasn't, and in, in, and I still am in many ways, a big thrill seeker whenever I can. But uh, I just, especially ever since like big migraines and headaches started happening, I'm a lot more motion sensitive for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, it just oogs me out eventually, and it'll just make me feel sick pretty fast. So, because <laughs> a little bit less of that. So you've definitely never seen the adrenaline junkie Sam at a theme park that, that would have used to have been. So. Yeah. Well, I thought we had a great time, though, yeah, when for you sure. went. Yeah. That uh, Hagrid's ride was really, really fun. Oh, yeah. That was a big standout favorite for yeah, me. Yeah, that was a really good one. I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Um, it rained a lot while yeah. we were there. Rained heavy. Yeah, more than it had rained in the past for me in Florida. But, yeah. But, you know, whatevs. 
It was nuts. Um, it, and going back, when we drove back and we went through Georgia, it was the first time that I had ever seen out in the wild a be patient, nobody wants to work anymore sign on a Dairy Queen. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, um, no. And I left <laughs> that line. It was like wrapped around the building. And I saw that on their front door and I was like, you know what? Fuck this Dairy yeah. Queen. And we went to a Sonic down the road and it was like hiring fair starting at, you know, $15 an hour. Uh, on Tuesday, and I was like, see, these, these people are saying the exact same thing, but one of them is doing it correctly. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was so fucking funny, but yeah, I will not, I will not eat at your restaurant yeah. if you've got one of those fucking signs up. Yeah, I, I will, I will go hungry. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, nuts. <laughs> um, gosh, it's been so long since we've podcasted, I don't remember what we've talked about in the past. Um, we haven't talked about anything that happened all summer. Nothing. All, nothing. I feel like, has this been our life? That's what do you it. Mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, I've been gardening a lot too. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to account for hours in my day. I also work full time. <laughs> so. Yeah, you've transformed the backyard. It looks, the elephant, there's like many, many, many elephant ears. Yeah. Huge. They're great. Um, it was a plant that I was not really able to grow successfully in Texas because we didn't have really any shade mm. in our yard in Texas. <clears throat> and so um, I really like them a lot. And I have a bunch of different varieties of uh, caladiums and all sorts of things. So, yeah. That's great. I think so. <sighs> we just finished... We, well, a couple weeks ago, we finished Modern Family. Oh, yeah. A show that we vehemently hate. It's hate not it. good. No. <laughs> but we continue to watch it. <laughs> there are... It's the most racist and... It does make a side part Oh, of it. my God. I love to watch it because I'm like, oh, my God. I, I think it's more of a hate watch for me. Oh, yeah. And there are, there are some characters that I like. They will legitimately get me a good hearty laugh every now and then sure but uh yeah but it's also like the show that we put on in the background and yeah while we dick around on our phones exist near one another since the office is no longer available to us i mean we're not gonna get disney prime or not disney dvds yeah we have the dvds i'm not gonna do that is that too much work well sometimes i'll put them in for you (laughs) yeah but now we have the tv upstairs in our bedroom as god intended yeah. And so now if I want to watch them downstairs, I don't have a DVD player. You got the Xbox down there. Oh. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind then. We could watch The Office if we wanted. Sure. I think The Office might be a little bit more rewatchable for me than mm-hmm. Modern Family. Well, let's switch. Let's switch? Switch. Okay. And, um... We get mad at Cameron in the... In <laughs> Cam is the Modern worst. Family side of it. I think especially, um... For me, almost maybe exclusively late show Cameron. Mm-hmm. Early show Cameron gets us mad, but only because I feel like of late show Cameron. Yeah. If we didn't know how like how he becomes at the at the end, I, I, I don't feel like it would, it would bother us quite as much at the beginning. No. Even though he picks weird fights all the time. Mm-hmm. I you know, I still don't think it would be quite as critical if it wasn't for our hands up. I'm so sorry. I choked on my own spit. <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah, yeah. That character gets us frustrated sometimes. He makes me mad. What else? What else? Um, 
What? <laughs> now that I'm more right, you're right. What else? What else? What else? Cleaned my office. Got it dirty. We just watched The Green Knight. <clears throat> that show was good. I enjoyed it. I really encourage you to watch it in theaters if, mm-hmm. if that is it, uh, an opportunity that you have. You can take advantage of. I, I would say do it because it was it was really neat. Yeah, we've been to the theater several times, and I think it's probably the safest I've ever been in a theater. They do a great job of spacing out the yeah. tickets. You can only sit in your seating, and the seating is very very spaced out. So yeah, and so um, I have enjoyed the like what I think two or three experiences we've done. Yeah. Um, since then, which has been pretty nice. But yeah, the Green Knight is so good. I was not familiar with the epic poem at all. Me neither. Um, wasn't familiar with like any of the you know like literature and no. y- anything. But Him as an Arthurian character. Yeah. No, no idea. Me neither. Um, so yeah, when we watched it, and like it's very clear that it's you know from the epic po- epic poem, um, because it says it on the sh- on the screen. Um, and so I was just like, oh, okay, so there's going to be layers. <laughs> and we walked out of the theater and I was like, is that it? <laughs> it's like, I feel like I need to be smarter to understand this. <laughs> and it turns out I didn't need to be any smarter. It was very much like exactly what it presented. Um, and, but I do think that there are layers to, sure. to yeah. you know, dig into and to understand which I ended up reading, um, what was it? You sent it to me. Um, uh, just a synopsis of a synopsis. the, of the original epic poem. Yeah. And the, the classic story, which um, the third, or not the third act, I guess like the second act of this movie follows the classical story of the epic poem very, very faithfully. Yeah. And that, that's a whole arc with the hunter's kind of castle. Yeah. And the young witch and the, uh, I guess the young and the old witch. Uh, and the hunter, that castle and that whole encounter with that and that castle, that's sort of the much of the part of the epic poem. Yeah. And I guess the beginning, uh, Christmas Day, the beginning Christmas Day, that that's the epic poem as well. The lead actor is fucking hot. Oh, in this. gorgeous! And they know it. Have you seen all the promotions that are like just the teasing sexiest? Out? Oh <laughs> my god! How they they have such a dream wow. machine and they know it. <laughs> you know, it's nice because I. I don't want to spoil anything for you, you know, before you go see this movie. But I will say that I would not take my, even my teens to go and see this because it would make me very uncomfortable in one particular scene. Um, And what should we call this? The splash zone, I think is what we would call this one. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Sure. It was very hot. I was like, (laughs) okay. My goodness. My goodness. Um, so, yeah, I loved it. It was a good it movie. It was beautiful. It was yeah. beautiful. And yeah. it had the the just screeching violin oh, that you love. God, a 25-minute... <laughs> well, I, God, I shouldn't... I don't want to spoil things. A, a long... <laughs> it wasn't 25 minutes. <laughs> dramatic, just, just violin. Yeah. <laughs> kind of scene that's that's very trippy and really interesting and really captivating like mm-hmm. weren't you just arrested with what was happening on screen during that long yes. yeah you, you can't look away it's just it's mesmerizing what's happening and then it's so interesting because the director you know lets you really fall into that moment and then that moment is like taken away from you yeah. and you're like what 
There's a lot of trippiness that happens. But yeah, the, the dramatic violin was just perfect for me. I really, <laughs> Every movie yeah. could have a long, <laughs> silent, dramatic violin scene. I'd be so into it. In case you don't know, Sam loves Star Trek. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what else? There the was, color washes. Oh, the color was so good. The cinematography was really good in this, and I loved the score. The whole thing was just... I think the sense of adventure was really great, yeah, too. Like, yeah. it was such a... It's written by like, such a D&D game, the whole well, thing. Well, no. D&D is based off of these. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. This is this is deeper. Yeah. <laughs> deeper in the... This is the lore. Adventuring consciousness than Dungeons & Dragons. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, for absolutely. sure. But, like, I, I meant written in the, in the creative, collaborative storytelling tradition, sort of. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, you could kind of just see it that way. It mm-hmm. existed in such a quest giver acceptor. Yeah, for sure, thing. for sure. And it was really neat. Yeah, I really liked it. Would highly recommend. Um, what was the other movie that we watched? Oh, The Quiet Place Two. That was good. Ooh, I will say I liked it just as much as the first one. Yeah, it was really good. It's very good. And that is hard to get from a thriller, and I, I don't know that you would call it horror, but you know, some, maybe you call it horror. Uh, but it's really hard to get in a, in a sequel, and I yeah. liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Very good. I'm so sorry. We have to end this podcast because my voice is gone. I've only talked for the last three hours. I'm playing Cyberpunk. That's been fun. <laughs> oh, that's right. <clears throat> Sam's been really into Cyberpunk. <laughs> And I've been watching it and giving him tips, <laughs> saying, "Don't you ever Do trust that Arasaka?" Well, I'm just telling you. Oh, here you've got another water. I'll use your water. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it. It is a it is a game that has issues, a lot of um, development issues. I'm playing it on the PlayStation Five. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what, what, what do you no, want to say? I'm I'm hearing you. Um, you know, famously, it it didn't work. It was pulled from the PlayStation. Uh, five at first and then people felt that it that it let down a lot of its promises and there are a lot of game breaking breaks in it to, that exist to this day mm-hmm. and that certainly persists the game <clears throat> crashes a couple times the long session everything like that but despite its flaws it's a really interesting story I am just arrested by some of the heist missions that they, that you do in it like it really gets me going it's, it's, it's really engaging really arresting Really cool characters, really fun story, really interesting. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, it's a weird game filled with hubris, <laughs> both in, in the way you play it and in its development, which is a little... Yeah. A little in the shell of what it tried to be <laughs> in some ways. But, it, yeah. but I do love it. And it scratches such an itch. Video games are such an important reset for me. Like, I need... To do something that's just like a very engaging. I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm thinking about it, um, but that's completely outside of my head. Task that mm-hmm. there's such an important mental function that that plays, and when that's missing, I just get more and more wound up. And that was missing. And I, I try to engage in the hobbies to to have the release valve, uh, schedule time for it, sit at it. But it just was it was. Uh, like sawdust it was nothing i could, yeah. could could get anything out of any of these like classic copies of mine at some point during the summer you had said to me 
I don't think that I like video games. And I was like, what? And you're like, they're just not doing anything for me. And Sam is such a grinder of video games. Like, he really enjoys, like, you know, the Dark Souls and, you know, th things of that nature that are just inherently very hard and likes to press and press and press with them. And so he's played through Demon Souls several times now um, on the PS5. And I think, you know, just listening to you with Cyberpunk, like, it's a new story. It's a new thing. But I think that the fact that it crashes is how you enjoy things too because you don't mind that hard reset of like oh i gotta start over again. that's okay <laughs> obstacles don't pull me out of things yeah obstacles exactly it's yeah. just like oh it just happens you know sure and so um i think that might scratch the itch that you're looking for but also being a really nice and engaging <laughs> yeah. game to be fair i don't think i enjoy it because it's broken <laughs> no, no 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 <laughs> no i'm a little bit I don't know. I feel wary liking it so much because, you know. Of like, all the problems. Well, one thing I feel guilty about is, you know that people don't buy it on next-gen consoles, but people, like, pay full price for it on, like, a PS4 or stuff like that. It will not work. Or, like, oh. it'll look awful. It'll look terrible. Like, you can't walk, see more than, like, 10 feet in front of your character and the graph, and it'll... Really? The frames per second will drop and stuff like that. So if you don't pay quite a bit to have these consoles, even if you have money, you can't sometimes often... Even get them, Can't yeah. even get them. It is not playable, and Aww. you know, so it's it's a game that's not available to most folks. To the few people who get it, it's even still unfinished in this weird yeah. way. But then also, there were terrible conditions in which it was developed yeah. too. So it's just a it's just a strange thing to think about. And then also, uh, as a consumer, a lifelong consumer of video games, it's been one of the, the greatest passions and hobbies of mine since I was five years old yeah the first things i asked for for christmas when i was like six was warcraft orcs and humans and then like when i was seven <laughs> it was warcraft 2 and then when i was eight it was starcraft and i think sensing a theme here i yeah really liked hardcore video games from when i was a kid and really invested quite a bit myself into them but uh, i i do i do think as, as, as someone who thinks about um the world and, and feels that you have to demand more from from everyone from yourself and from some of the people you spend your time and, and money with. Uh, uh, the allegations that were the the state of California's lawsuit against Blizzard yeah. Entertainment that came out recently were shocking and abhorrent. Uh, if you haven't read I know it's still in the lawsuit phase, but it is after a two-year investigation that um, Blizzard did with them. There was a... Uh, well, I should... Give doing the trigger warnings if I'm if I'm going to go into the details of it because it's yeah it's a, it's a really it's horrible so the sort of thing that that's that's very intense that I think about very very loathsome content or, or very loathsome conduct is described here that's yeah. terrible and um, somebody lost their life over it in, in a way that's yeah. hard to hard to contemplate just just really hard to think about and uh, to um you know deleted Hearthstone deleted uh, not logging into Starcraft which is again since I was, uh, since first with dial-up internet, could play a video game. Yeah. Would bring my friend over and could do it, and it was always Blizzard games. Uh, everyone I know who are consume video game content from is like a Blizzard game producer or uh, sometimes a, a creator. So I, I just have to be a bit more of a conscious, yes conscientious consumer I feel like and uh, I, I have to really look in my in the mirror and decide if and when Blizzard is ever going to be in the diet of consumption again yeah. for me for that and it's not going to be in, ever in the short term if if it is ever going to be again but 
uh, cyberpunk is not immune from that. It's not certainly not the level that, and it's not the terrible content towards the human beings that's described like in Blizzard, but it's still something where as a consumer I need to think about if it's exactly what I want. I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, and I think that, you know, there are some stark differences in this was a, a big push for this particular yeah. game, right? And this was just, I think it was really poor in dehumanizing conditions for the people that worked on cyberpunk, right? Um, but I think that what you're describing and explaining with Blizzard is um, a, a nefarious culture yeah. that per, it is pervasive yeah. in every level and of the organization. Completely incomparable, totally yeah. different things. So Absolutely. Yeah, and my issues with cyberpunk are not even necessarily the push, yeah. although I, I, I would want to learn more about that. But it's more like this, this product that's somewhat broken that... Mm-hmm. misled some consumers yeah and 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 that can't be experienced uh, completely and then if there was some great sacrifice then uh, you know I'd yeah. like to be a little more curious about that too so I certainly don't mean to compare them to blizzard because the incomparable but right but yeah for sure that we know of. it's just um that we know of absolutely yeah. I know the video game industry overall is an industry that that is in, in extremely to perform and it's a terrible place for women and LGBTQ individuals oh, yeah. out out there. So I, I know industry-wide and there are, yeah. are changes that, that need – yes, absolutely, and, and BIPOC individuals. So there's protections everywhere that need to be in place stronger. Can I tell you um, – so I would like to uh, close out this podcast, podcast with some really good stuff. And I think that the, the big takeaway for my summer – is that um, I got on TikTok and I'm really enjoying it. Okay. And it's something that I feel like its algorithms work better for me and that I've really been working to push things out of my out of my sight that are that bring me down and make me depressed, right? Mm-hmm. So that's been part of my, you know, mental health journey is really being off of Twitter more. Um, and I still get on Twitter probably every day, every other day maybe. But I wanted to shout out to um, give the podcast podcast bump to a really cool individual on TikTok called um, the Trans Handy Ma'am. And this is a trans woman and she gives all kinds of like cool advice on how you can do small home repairs. Um, I think she works for like, I, I think she might work for like an apartment complex or something like that. Um, and so she's like on staff there as one of their, um, handy persons and yeah, she has like blown up and it's really great. And so I think if you're interested in learning how to fix little things around your apartment or at your home, um, I would highly recommend giving her a follow, um, on TikTok because I think it's just really great content. And, um, and in fact, I think she even does a cameo where you can pay her $20 and she'll get on the phone with you for like 10 minutes and help you work through a problem that you're having, you know, like maybe your dishwasher isn't draining or something like that. And she can kind of like work through it with you. And so anyways, I just think that's like one of the most empowering things. I think it's so important for women to know how to do like small repairs or and even large repairs you know i'm i'm renovating our kitchen by myself and or not by myself you're helping me when you can but i wouldn't have been able to do that without people like her that were like 
hey, I will show you how to do this. And so it was a really big part of, you know, my using the internet and stuff. Yeah. And so it was really a, a big part of, you know, how I really have amassed the skill set over the last couple of decades. And so um, if you're just interested in, in learning that, I would really recommend um, getting on TikTok and giving the trans handyman a follow. Please do. That's great. What a yeah. positive thing to close that out. Yeah. You know, I listen to a lot of um, Knowledge Fight, not to bring a, a difficult subject into <laughs> podcast. They're yeah. a lovely show, but their subject matter is a very difficult subject yeah. matter. But because they deal in such darkness professionally in their life, um, they start with, what's your bright spot? And oh, they, they go back and forth great. with something that's happy in their, their lives or something like that. And that's always the first way they engage with one another. So it's not like... Um, the jumping on a call and talking about the worst things in the world when, yeah. as soon as they talk. So, That's great. So I appreciate you you bringing that, what's your bright spot, into, into that sort of energy into podcast. For sure. Absolutely. Well, I hope you all have a great week and uh, maybe we'll release another one of these one day. One day. You mean our podcast we've been recording every day this summer? Yeah, every day this summer we've been recording one. Yeah. And they've been releasing. We've been recording them on our oven. It's oh, and we've been sending them out through the dishwasher. <laughs> Is that why no one's giving us likes? We bought this house because the kitchen was a studio. <laughs> God damn it. Meow. Yeah.